Principle Matters Podcast, Episode 90. Guess what? Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I want to talk about why you should brand your school in an interview with Marlena Gross-Taylor. Marlena Gross-Taylor is the supervisor of secondary schools at Mari County Public Schools outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and she's a dedicated and successful education consultant, speaker, coach, and presenter. Recently, I heard her presenting at the Association of Middle Level Education National Conference in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on school branding, and I was so impressed that I asked Marlena if she would sit down with me later and let me have a conversation with her about that presentation. She's a Nashville transplant originally from Southern Louisiana, and her educational experience spans several states uh, in K-12 schools, both in rural and urban districts. She's been recognized as a middle school master teacher and innovative administrator at elementary, middle, and high school levels. And I think you're going to enjoy her optimism, her insights, and her practical tips on the ways that you can promote the wonderful things happening in your schools. So I hope you enjoyed this week's conversation with Marlena. I know that I walked away with some amazing insights. And so thanks for listening. If you'd like other resources like this one, you can check out my website at williamdparker.com. But right now, let's listen to this conversation with Marlena Gross-Taylor. Marlena, welcome to Principal Matters. Fill in the gaps on that intro and tell us anything else that you'd like the listeners to know about you. I'm not sure how I can follow up with that intro. That was amazing. Thank you, Will. I'm just really excited to share with the middle school folks here at AMLE about branding because that is critical to a school's success of uh, sharing their story, of being intentional and how they're reaching their communities and their stakeholders. So this morning I had the privilege of setting through your presentation and I was so excited because as I shared earlier with the book that I put out this year, Messaging Matters, How to Inspire Students, Motivate Teachers and Reach Communities, I'm a huge believer in branding, but you had so many great takeaways, Marlena. And so first of all, I wanted to ask you this, why do you believe that it's important for school leaders to think about their brand? Well, when you think about your school as a brand, you're also having to think about yourself as a brand. Uh, I said it earlier today, and I'll continue to preach this, that school is a business uh, on this side, especially at the leadership level. So just like with any business, if a business has a faulty marketing plan or is not reaching their customers, particularly through social media as well, then they're missing the boat. And so their story will still be told, but maybe not how they want it because they do not have control of this story. Well, and you, you've you led schools where branding has become such an important part of that school's climate. So talk a little bit about that history and how branding has changed or influenced the the culture of the schools that you've led. So when we talk about branding, first of all, you have to recognize that branding truly is about marketing. And I do not have a degree in marketing as most middle school or high school or elementary educators or principals, but 
I am a continuous learner, as we also should be. So I have poured hours, hours over many years in just fine tuning not only my techniques and approach to branding, but also my understanding of the finer points of marketing and also expanding my PLN to include people that have that marketing background, that that is their area of expertise and push making it all mesh together so that my school story, no matter where I am, is being told exactly how I want it to be told uh, and in a, such a positive light that everyone wants to be a part of the school community. And you showed some great demonstrations of what that looks like for you guys. And one of the one of the areas that you challenged the educational leaders and teachers in that room to think about was simple things like school logos, what kinds of uh, images do people see on your website, what kind of social media presence that you have. And all of those areas are sometimes changed by what stage of messaging that you're in. And you talked about three stages of messaging. Could you share that a little bit with our listeners? Because I think that some people are very invested already in the branding in their schools, and some people are not even aware that they need to be concerned about that. So go there with us for just a minute about the stages of messaging that that school leaders and educators need to be thinking about. You know, I asked the group, where did they find themselves in the different stages that that I talked about? And the three stages that most marketers, uh, marketing folks understand is awareness, messaging, brand marketing, and then campaign uh, based messaging. And so after giving examples of those three types of messaging and understanding that you will ebb and flow between the three, when we talk about branding, even if you feel you have an established brand, you constantly have to revisit and refresh that brand. For example, awareness messaging that I shared with the group today is really about getting your message out there, bringing awareness, driving awareness about your school. So I use the example of Lyft. That is becoming quickly a household name of Lyft. And we are using it synonymously with uh, Uber as well. But Lyft is in the throes of awareness messaging because they're trying to uh, let people know that use that service that there's another another uh, service that they could use. So when we talk about how that pertains to schools, when we have a school that is rebranding or maybe they're a new school, a, a brand new school that is just opening, they're really pushing that awareness. So their messaging is driving awareness, driving people to visit their site, uh, hopefully to visit their school in this setting to get their name out there to be established among the other schools. The second one, brand marketing messaging, is really driving home that message that was already shared with the awareness. And the example that I used was Airbnb. So if you go to Airbnb's uh, site, they don't even share what they actually do. It just says Airbnb, welcome home, something of that nature, because we already know what Airbnb means now because their awareness messaging was so strong that now it's about uh, branding what that is. And so how that pertains to a school is when I see that school symbol or their logo, I should already have a narrative in my head if the awareness messaging has has been intentional of what that means. Finally, the last uh, piece of messaging, the last stage of messaging that I shared with the group was campaign. And it was so funny because I don't think a lot of the educators ever thought of it this way because, hey, they don't have a marketing background in the group that I spoke to today. But when we think of Nike, when we see that check mark, without the word Nike, we already know not only what company it's associated with, okay, that's the brand marketing, but the awareness, we already know their message. Just do it. Just by seeing a simple check. 
So we talk about branding in the school level. When we see that symbol, what does that mean? And how is that, how is that, uh, or what message does that portray to the community when they see that? Do they automatically know when I see this symbol or see this logo, I know what this is about. And I know the expectations of this school based on that. That's so powerful. And Principal Matters listeners, let me just encourage you to think about where you are in those stages. Because for some of you, you may be in that awareness stage where you have Lots of incredible things happening at your school, but you need to figure out how can you promote that so that people begin to pay attention. And there's lots of ways that you can do that with social media. There's lots of ways you can do that with your websites, through newsletters, through the shirts that your kids and teachers wear. How are you creating an awareness that your school is doing amazing work? And then once you've created that awareness, how are you brand marketing, which means that you're reiterating that message by just getting it out in the front of people all the time. And then how can that become a campaign-based message where people finally can just look at the logo of your school and they immediately associate it with the positives that are happening there? Now, that doesn't happen overnight. Let me ask you for just a quick story, Marlena, of of a way that you've seen parent or community response to the kind of marketing that you've done with schools. So even in the messaging that I shared, I also talked about the social media pieces and encouraging the educators that they do not have to be experts in all of them. But to pick a few, especially that are reflective of where their community resides on social media. So for parents, that's Facebook for the most part. So if a school isn't, if they don't have a Facebook school page, then they need to correct that. Twitter is another uh, that that reaches the grandparents. Research shows that grandparents are the largest users of Twitter. And then also Instagram. That's where many of our kids actually reside in Instagram. So just by having the big three and and using your messaging, whatever stage you might be in, the platform matters as much as the type of messaging that you have. So many education leaders and teachers that I talk to immediately have objections. And so I'm sure you've heard all those objections, which are one of them is always, well, what about students whose parents don't want their information shared? Or what about people who may feel uncomfortable with the negatives of social media? And how do you respond to that, Marlena? Well, at schools, we should be teaching our kids, first of all, how to be digital citizens, correct digital citizens. And by proxy, we should be also encouraging our parents to model that behavior as well. So you can't let one or two or three kids or parents or community members deter you from using social media to continue to elevate your brand and get your story out there front and center. You have to uh, be able to navigate those social media platforms where they're one way, where all they, all parents and teachers and students can do is just watch and listen or look, but you can turn the comment section off. You know, you can do that in just about all of the platforms that I mentioned. So I think that's really important is to not only understand which platform that you're using, but you do have control over uh, the interaction level in that platform. I like how practical you were too with explaining how people can message because some people have real strengths in messaging and communications. And sometimes we need to pull others on our team in to become that person for us. But you hit on four E's that you pulled from growth track that Tradecraft talks about. And so share those with us for just a minute, because I think those were really helpful ways to have a framework in mind of how you make, need to make sure that your messaging is effective. Okay. So the first is explain. 
Very self-explanatory, no pun intended, but in your messaging, there'll be times where you just need to explain what's going on in your school, uh, in your school community, and that's totally fine. You do not want every message, though, to be an explain message. You have to uh, ebb and flow between the other four E's, and the second E is emotion. You want to pull at the heartstrings of your parents, of your community, every school has a story, has that student that's gone through incredible challenges to be successful, has a family that has gone through challenges. They have those situations where the school community has come together for the greater good. You have to have messaging that also pulls at the heartstrings. I didn't say this earlier, but you know, when I think of emotion, I think about the uh, sleeper hit, This Is Us, the TV show. I am spent at the end of every episode. Like I am a sobbing mess and I'm not a crier, but I am a sobbing mess because that show pulls at every single heartstring that I have. We need to apply that to our messaging. And if you're not able to do that as a leader or if you're a teacher and it's your responsibility to uh, man the social media or the website, then pull in people that it is. Pull in your English teachers, pull in whomever that has a, a great personality that can help you with this. The third E is evoke questions. Our messaging should also be situated to where we are wanting parents and community members to ask, how can I help? What can I do? How can I contribute uh, to what's going on in the school? So again, you want your messaging, no matter what stage that you are, to uh, ebb and flow between the four E's. And finally, the last E is exclude, include. I gave an example in the in the class about that about REI. I'm not a I'm not a outdoors person to that extent. I, I'm not a camper. Uh, as I share with them, Bigfoot exists. I'm convinced. But when I look at when I pass by the REI in Nashville, the one that I that is next to my favorite Starbucks, I notice that REI doesn't even have a sign that says they're an outdoorsman company. You know, it just says REI and it has a picture guy in the flannel or maybe they'll have a couple of people when they rotate that picture out. They don't even need to say that if you're a camper or outdoors person, you come in our store, we have everything you need. If you're not, stay out. They don't even have to say it because they say it in their brand and they say it in the pictures that they put up. So I don't take offense because I'm not an outdoorsman to that extent, but I also know that REI probably doesn't have anything for me personally. So I'm going to keep walking to Starbucks that has exactly what I need, right? So when we talk about our our fourth E of messaging, you want to create messages that make the kids and the families and the community proud to be associated with the school, almost to the point where other schools, maybe, maybe in a positive way, they feel like, wow, we need to be part of this or we need to see what's going on at that school um, because they have such a great community and culture and it all starts with how you mark. Wow, those are so powerful. So let me repeat those. So explain, emotion, evoke questions and exclude, include. And I've really never thought about that, Marlena, but when you think about that last one, exclude, include, you also want to evoke an image about your school that's so positive that, for instance, if someone's not committed to excellence, if someone's not committed to competition, if someone's not committed to to growth, this is not the place for them. And although we want everyone that we're serving as students to grow into that kind of person, but the message that you're sending is that this is the kind of place where students are going to become that kind of person, or this is the kind of place where families want their students to become that kind of student. And so I love that. Here's my last question. If you could give school leaders 
an idea of the kind of mindset that it takes for school branding, what would you tell them? Because I, I'm a huge proponent that the way that we think about our school leadership affects the way that we act. And so what would you tell school leaders who maybe haven't thought before about the importance of of branding and, and why they should? So part of my branding when I speak to a new audience or a new group is I share three fun facts about myself. And one of the facts that I share is that I'm 28 forever. It brings a, a big laugh, uh, not because I don't look 28, because I think that I do. I try. But what I go in to tell them is that being 28 forever really is about a reminder for me to stay relevant. So when I think about leaders who might struggle with their branding or struggle with, gosh, this takes more time or, you know, now I have to know this. Yes, you have to stay relevant. And right now, social media uh, being intentional in your branding and marketing, that's everything. It's always been everything. But in our school environment, now that concept has bleeded over where it is everything. So yes, you do have to stay relevant. You do have to stay up to date. That doesn't mean you do it all yourself. I share with the group, for me, I'm not a web designer. Um, that's not my cup of tea at all, but I know people. So whether that's asking my high school teachers uh, at my feeder high school, who most of them have some type of digital arts program to help out with that or make it a student project or are just simply hiring someone and having my PTO support that to hire someone to set up our social media. And then it's about us just maintaining whatever it is, you still have to do it. You can't say that you're not going to do it because if you do, then you're not going to be 28 forever. You're not going to be relevant. You're not going to have the level of culture that you're wanting to have. You said that your husband has worked for Kellogg. And so talk to us a little bit about some of the lessons that you've taken from watching how his business has marketed over the years and how we as school leaders can begin to think a little bit more about the ways that we want to see that reflected in our own branding. Yes, my husband and his background is in marketing. Uh, he worked for Kellogg's for many, many years. So uh, that's what had us moving all over the place. But I love it because I've learned something from each place that I've been. And from him, I've learned a little bit of marketing, probably marketing one-on-one to him that I, I haven't I just wasn't exposed to before that I was able to apply to what I was doing as a teacher and then as a principal and now even as a district leader. But when he worked with Kellogg, this is probably the most impactful one that I that I learned. When Kellogg had a new product coming out, they did not send out masses of new product or spend tons on, on uh, advertising per se. They would send their employees boxes. We would get boxes of these new products, whether it's cereal, Pop-Tarts, whatever it might be. Uh, they were in clear white boxes because, of course, the packaging, they were fine tuning that. But it would literally just uh, say whatever the new product was on the white box. And they would do that and encourage the employees to share with your friends and family. Just share it. Word of mouth. So they've built their company primarily on word of mouth. And so I asked the group, I challenged them, how often do you see a Tony the Tiger commercial? Yet when you go in the grocery stores, there's always end caps and new Kellogg products, new Pop-Tarts, new cereals. But how often do you see a commercial? They have built a, a successful company, family-based company, on that premise that word of mouth is the best type of advertising. So how do we apply that to our schools is we also need to have 
other stakeholders involved in this branding process. Okay, whether that's having grandparents wear the shirt of your school, even if the grandparents don't live in your city, you know, they're talking about the school, helping expand that brand to a more national level or having kids come on to your Facebook live or your Instagram or whatever it might be and talk about whatever's going on in the school or in that particular class uh, to having Facebook live leveraging that live stream version. So if you're having a literacy night, live stream it for the parents that can't make it or say, hey, we're going to be live at this time in the middle of the day and we have our math teacher that's going to Talk about how to do this particular type of math problem, whatever it might be, using others to help tell that story that you've already created the roadmap for, but getting those stakeholders in to share that through word of mouth is way more successful than any ad or any post that you can put on social media. You need both. I'm a firm believer you need both, but that word of mouth piece is critical. Something else I love about that analogy is this too, because we can build the formats for branding, but it's the stories that others take out of our schools that are going to create the narrative that people believe about our schools. And I have this conversation often with my own wife at at night because we have four children and they'll come home and inevitably they're going to tell us about their day and they're going to talk about their teachers or they're going to talk about their school experience. And so often I'll tell my wife, I can't imagine, because I was in the school for 24 years, I can't imagine a world where my kids were not going home and talking about me. I always expected that they would go home and talk about me. And so every conversation I had, every lesson I had, every interaction I had with kids, I was thinking, I wonder how this is going to come across at the dinner table tonight. And so I think branding is it's everything we do. It's the relationships that we build. It's the ways that we interact with kids. Because when kids walk out of that school, or parents have interactions with us on the phone or at ball games. Everything that we're doing represents our school. And so I think educators can begin, first of all, thinking about branding by just the behaviors that you have and how do those relay the kinds of excellence and the narrative that you want your school to have. But then how do you take that narrative and explode it? And that's the beautiful thing about social media and the opportunities that we have, the marketing opportunities that we have today with digital media is you can take that that story and and grow it exponentially. I'll tell you a quick story, Marlena. Last year at my school, um, our kids were doing a good deeds campaign. They were competing against each other and trying to see how many of them could earn good deeds awards because they had a trophy that we'd set aside for the end of the year for the class that had the most points for good deeds. And there were a couple of girls in the school that on their own initiative, because we had this whole momentum going of good deeds, started leaving notes in the girls' bathroom that just said things like, you are loved, don't let others put you down. And within a week, that entire bathroom wall was covered with notes from girls that were leaving other positive notes for one another and other positive notes for one another. And so one of our teachers went in, she took photographs of it. We put it up on Facebook and we had never done this before, but we decided to boost the the post. And so I got my credit card out, spent five bucks. By the end of that week, we had over 65,000 impressions on that post about the girl's bathroom exploding with positive comments. And then our local a news station called us from Tulsa and came out with a camera and put it on the nightly news. And so that momentum that we were building from the positivity happening in our school, but then the framework that we had in place for displaying that, getting that on social media, it grew so much bigger than anything that I could have done on my own saying, uh, kids, I'd like you to be nice. Instead, we built the format uh, for that branding and, and it caught on like wildfire. Principal Matters listeners, why should you brand your school? Well, Marlena Gross 
Taylor is getting me even more fired up about school branding than I've been before. And Marlena, are there any closing thoughts or comments that you'd like to leave with our listeners and how can they stay connected with you? Because you are an amazing resource for anyone who wants to keep growing in the way they serve kids. You know, any last words would be stay 28 forever, stay relevant. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there, social media, because as I shared with the group, We talked about branding the school primarily today, branding like a startup, but then recognizing that you're a brand. Every teacher, every faculty member, uh, every staff member in that school is a brand. So don't be afraid to acknowledge that, embrace it and run with it and tell your story so others know what you're doing in your building. And if you want to get in contact with me, I'd love that. Follow me on Twitter, M. Gross Taylor. You can also, I mean, it is branding, right? You can follow me on uh, Facebook, Marlena Gross hyphen Taylor. Follow my page there. We'd love to have you there. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at M. Gross Taylor. Love to have you there as well. And just be connected. I'm on LinkedIn. It's really easy to find me because I've been intentional. I tried to be with my branding because I want to connect and help you continue to make your school not only successful, but getting the story of that success out there. Marlena, thank you so much for the time that you took to share with our listeners today. And Principal Matters listeners, I will connect all those links in the show notes of today's podcast. But I just want to encourage you that as you are leading your schools, think about the fact that you have amazing things happening every single day with your students and your teachers and people need to know about it. And so don't be afraid to brand your school. In fact, you need to become a champion in the way that you're messaging about the great things happening in your school because what you do matters. And we'll talk to you next week.